0: Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young.
1: Well, hello there. I want to give a great big shout out to my local, national, and international listeners. And thank you for tuning into the Transformation for Success show each week. Today, I have in the studio a woman of passion, purpose, and who delivers on her promises. You know, since 2016 here in the United States, we've watched women rack up unprecedented wins in state houses, city halls, and Congress. Yet, in many instances, local government is another matter. So, today I'm pleased to have in the studio, as my guest, Miss Jan Perry, who is one of the most innovative and compassionate human beings I have ever met, and moreover, a woman who views public service as a calling. Jan has a provocative message that she's going to share today as she has recently launched her campaign to run for the Los Angeles County Supervisor District 2 and why she believes she is the best candidate. She's going to share her very incredible transformational journey, why she entered politics, and moreover, how she's launched another political journey to bring her experiences and superb track record to many challenges facing a major city today. So live listeners, you can call in the show at 1-888-346-9141. I'm certain Jan will be happy to answer any questions you may have of her. And again, that's one 346-9141. Hi Jan, how are you? Hi Dr. Young, it's really nice to talk to you today. Well, it's good to have you and I want to share a little bit more about your background with my mm-hmm. listeners. Well, Jan was a Los Angeles City Councilwoman and served for 12 years. During this time, she led numerous catalytic projects and brought in 15 billion Yes, 15 billion in investments and 40 million in net new tax revenue for the city of Los Angeles and 90,000 full-time jobs. As a result of her leadership, downtown Los Angeles is one of the most desirable and sought after residential and commercial destinations in the nation. Again, I can't say enough for my good friend Jan who I call Wonder Woman (laughs) and one of the (laughs) finest human beings I've ever met. So let me quickly add that currently Jan uh, is the executive director of the Infrastructure Funding Alliance, a national initiative to meet future infrastructure, economic development, and environment challenges. Now, Jan, I'm telling you, I cannot wait to get into our conversation today because, you know, after the Oscars on Sunday night, it was just a Mm -hmm. delight to see so many talented African-American women being recognized and honored for their talents and expertise this year. But I say you are a winner in the category of Integrity and True Grit, girl. (laughs) Thank you. I thank you. I don't have an acceptance speech prepared, but some days, I tell you, it's been hard. But you you have to hang on to who you are. Well, that's the whole point. I mean, really, Mm -hmm. but you think how many years that... Many women with talents and expertise, and and as yourself, many of us on the backside, I should say, on the mountain, but struggling for a while, never giving up, never giving up. So you have such an incredible story and background that many people haven't even heard. So I thought I'd just sort of start just a little bit uh, in the beginning, because I know uh, from knowing you that your mother and father were both in politics. So share a little bit of what it was like growing up in that household.
2: Well, you know, I was a young, youngster in the midst of the civil rights movement. My father was a World War II veteran. My mother went back to college much later in life and became a social worker. But, you know, they took us everywhere. So we always went to house meetings or house gatherings mm-hmm. about fair housing, about voter registration. You know, I would sit and listen to the adults talk about Dr. Reverend, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, Daddy King was always coming to Cleveland. Martin. King's father, and Mm -hmm. so, you know, we were sort of in in, um, the hotbedder, if you will, of Mm -hmm. the civil rights movement, and, you know, I remember being nervous because my parents got on a bus and went to Washington, D.C. for the March on Washington, so my grandma, who was a domestic worker, stayed with us, and, you know, it was, that was... Way out there beyond the pale at that time, that people could come together across the country mm-hmm. and stand up for the rights of everyone, and that's the kind of household I grew up in. So I learned a lot. They were my role models.
1: That that is interesting, you know. And do you think? Do you believe that this is what sparked your interest in politics, or you know, how did you get started? Uh, did you feel like I don't want to be? You know, sometimes when children grow up in households. Uh, like even preachers' kids, we call them the PKs. Mm-hmm. They don't wanna they don't wanna be in the ministry. You know, they've seen such of the hardships and the backside mm-hmm. the hard side. Right. So was that your case? I mean that you decided I don't well, wanna go in into- <laughs> You know, I
2: think all children go through that at some point where they mm-hmm. they always say, Well I would never do what my parents did and then I ended up <laughs> Doing exactly what my parents did. Um, you know, my father was elected mayor in 1966 and he had been practicing law with Carl Stokes. And if you remember, oh. Carl Stokes was yeah. the first black man to become the mayor of a major American city. Now, where we live, which was right next to Cleveland, so mm-hmm. we just say Cleveland. My father was first, Carl was second, and then Tom Bradley came right after Carl Stokes. So, you know wow. they were way ahead of their he was way ahead of his time uh we were we were in the state of ohio um i think that we spent a lot of time talking either at my grandmother's house on Sunday or around the table. My father and all of his brothers were veterans, so they talked about World War II a lot. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that stuck with me is they talked about how gracious the Italian people were to them as African-American soldiers who'd come through and marched up to northern Italy and saved the lives of so many people. And yet when they came back home, they encountered just egregious racism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. discrimination. But I must say, it's very interesting. My father and my uncle, they were all still very patriotic and mm-hmm. proud of their country in mm-hmm. spite of everything that they faced. And it was, all, it was awe-inspiring.
1: I bet. I don't know how they did it. And, and you know, your mother ran for office, too, as I understand. Uh, yes. What was she yes. like? My mom, she's still with us. Mm-hmm. Um, she got married in nineteen,
2: had children, then in her mid thirties she decided she wanted to go to college. So she went to college <laughs> at night, I remember. Mm-hmm. She put my father through law school by playing the organ at an ice skating rink and she just little <laughs> wow. by little, took class after class. She ended up getting her master's degree in social work. She almost got a PhD, but her mother got sick, and she had to stop school and take care of her mother. But uh, she was a very determined woman, I think, for women who were role models. My mother is my first, my last, my always role model, because she was, she is or was, or actually mm-hmm. she kind of still is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's suffering from dementia, but okay. oh, she's very sorry. tenacious.
1: hmm hmm I understand. Determined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I understand that my husband had dementia. So I know exactly what you're going through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. she was such a role model. I mean, you know, too, Jan, when I think about you had, you know, and I think about your dad, he must have been very, um, what's the word I want to say, compassionate and understanding that his wife goes back to college. And, you know, because sometimes husbands, you know, may not want the wives. To go back to college, but in her 30s, she goes back to college and mm-hmm. finishes her master's and become. does she become a social worker? Yeah, she did. She worked for the Cuyahoga K- County for many, many years and
2: had a very heavy caseload. And my mother, I'm very proud to say my mother
1: worked up until her 70s, way Great. up until her 70s. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh-huh. A remarkable woman. And now she ran, I understand she ran for mayor later and Juan also? Yeah. Yes, she did. She ran oh. about, I think, 20 years after my dad. And she, she was a good mayor.
2: She actually wrote a federal grant and got the open sewers covered. Uh, and so they became a covered modern sewer system. Uh, so she was, uh, she's the person who first introduced me to the importance of infrastructure. It was my mother.
1: Wow. Well, you know, and it's you like know? it's like you were sort of actually groomed for this. This has been sort of a purpose and a plan for you, Jan. But mm-hmm. some of the, you know, the things that's important to know is that there are so many challenges and hurdles women have to face when they want to run and serve in a political office. Did you mm-hmm. learn anything from your mom about some of the struggles she had to and some of the challenges that may have helped you? Well, you know, I learned about
2: the, the the old saying, you know, crabs in a barrel, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who you think are your friends and maybe they're not, and mm-hmm. they might pull you down. And I think watching my mother, it showed me I, I, to power through that, just push through it or push away from it, don't let that kind of a attitude suck you down or suck you into that whirlpool of nothingness because it results in nothing. So you have to stay focused on your goal. I think my mom showed me how important it is to stay goal focused and people focused. hmm uh-huh, uh-huh. So that she could just you know, push to the challenges that life is always going to throw in your path. Always and get back up.
1: She's very resilient. What, you know, I mean, I'm just really, you know, so fascinated by this, because you then, what happened? How did you become a city councilwoman? Because that was, you know, because I know the person that you preceded, and I remember her quite vividly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, (laughs) so how did you happen to decide you wanted to run for office? Well, again, there were
2: three women who were older women in my life, and they were like my mother figures, Juanita Tate, Helen Johnson, and a lady we called Mother Mary Knowles. And Mother Mary Knowles lived over by 60th and Figueroa. Helen Johnson lived in Vermont Square, and then Juanita was the uh, mayor, if you will, of Central Avenue. And each one in her own way. Uh Mm-hmm talked to me um, and said, you know, this term limits thing has come upon us, and this is an open seat, and we'd like for you to run. But they did it independent of each other, because I don't think they even knew each other. Wow. Um, And they said, you you keep your promises, and you help people, and Mm -hmm. you seem to care about people, but -hmm. more than that, you keep your promises, and when you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. So I said, okay, and then I worked harder than everyone else, which is what I always do.
1: Well, you know, some of us are grown up to realize that we have to work harder than the average bear to succeed. So mm-hmm. coming from Ohio, you probably grew up with that concept. You got to work hard. Oh,
2: yeah, we, yeah <laughs> work ethic, that's
1: nonstop. And... uh if
2: people tell you no, no is just another way of saying yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been anxious to hear, you know, some of the challenges uh, and mm-hmm. hurdles that you've had to, to face to run and serve in a political office. So share a little bit about that, because I know it hasn't been easy. And I just want you to be candid no, about been. it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, you know, I've always I've always had a race that was competitive. No one mm-hmm. ever handed it to me. Uh, and I think that. Things have changed now in the past particularly in ethnic communities, when somebody like me wanted to run, people would say, no, you can't run, you need to wait your turn, or you haven't asked Bobby Joe if you can run. And I think that time, thank God, has finally passed. Because the voters are awake. 2016 woke everybody up, and the voters realize that they have the power in their hands to choose who they want to represent them. So, mm-hmm. you know, as I said to another individual who was running for Office, uh i don't subscribe to that theory that i need to ask permission the only permission i need is that i go and ask the voters to vote for me and uh-huh, i get out there uh-huh. and i work hard and i work hard and i don't stop until eight o'clock on the evening of election day so that's that's yeah. where the work begins and ends uh no more know. Uh, you know setting uh-huh. up a farm team
1: well, I know, Jan, uh, but I know you from a personal point of view and mm-hmm. probably see the see the Jan that maybe a lot of people don't see. Right. Who is the real right. Jan? What's important for people to know about you? Because the, I think it's so important to to touch and feel people. And I touch you and I feel you. I feel you. But there may be people who say, well, Jan's sort of... Um, A mystery we quite don't know her because you are reserved there's a reserved part about you Mm -hmm. so what is it that you want people to know about well
2: i think what
1: i want people to know Mm -hmm. is that i actually
2: enjoy listening to people Mm -hmm. i like to hear about their life stories i feel that i learn a lot Mm -hmm. when i listen to people not only do i learn a lot You know, I I like to share when I feel comfortable with someone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how you make your life better, is by exchanging bits and pieces of who you are and what your life life experience is. And so that's one of my favorite pastimes. As I have gotten older, I actually enjoy going in here, going to hear people speak. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter who or when, I just like to go and listen to hear what people think.
1: Because it gives Mm -hmm. me creative ideas. Mm-hmm. And that's good to know. That's, good. Mm-hmm. that's important to know, I think, because now you, you've been uh, in office, and I met you when you were a city councilwoman, so admired you. I mean, and then were you chair at one time of the city council? Weren't you? Were Well, you? I was the chair?
2: African-American woman to be the pro tempore, which is like the uh, vice president. So I was never <laughs> the president, but I was the vice president. The city was founded in 1781. And I was the first black woman to uh, hold that position. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. I was was going to say,
1: was that sort of arduous for you to be in control at all times? I mean, gosh, because one of the things, the reason why I'm saying this, because in Mm -hmm. the era of the 60s, when I came along and women were mm, beginning to be in certain roles, 60s and 70s, they always had to Mm -hmm. um, emulate the masculine tendencies rather than letting the feminine side of them show. I mean, take names and yeah. numbers, you know, it was like, you know, did you find that you had to adopt that or what would you say was your your leadership style?
2: My leadership style is just straightforward and mm-hmm. direct mm-hmm. Without, without too many frills. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I was emulating a man. I, I was just being me. Um, I think that uh, since I was a representative of downtown and South los angeles, there there were some who resented the fact that I represented it downtown, because, you know, that was perceived as a very powerful base, and that, you know, maybe a woman, and in particular a black woman, should not be representing that area. But, of course, my inspiration, what kept my head on straight, is whenever anybody would manifest that attitude, attitude, I would think about Biddy Mason, Bridget Biddy Mason, the woman who had been a freed slave mm-hmm. and had come from Mississippi to California and had amassed a fortune, a fortune after she was freed by the California courts. She purchased property at three 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 South Spring Street, and uh, when she died, I think the figure she had amassed was either three million
1: or six million, but whatever it was, It was a lot of money. It was millions. (laughs) Well, you know what, Jan? I'm going to stop you right there. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back because I've got a lot more questions and I want to hear about some of the issues that are happening in L.A. Okay. Listeners, stay tuned. We're going to be right back with my guest today, Miss Jan Perry.
0: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Joe and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at one 888 346-9141. That's one 346 9141 You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well,
1: welcome back to my show today, a woman on a mission. Jan Perry has officially launched her campaign to run for the Los Angeles County Board of Supervisors District 2. And today we're having a great discussion on what sparked her interest in politics. But listeners, I hope you're staying tuned because we're going to talk about some of the issues that are happening in Los Angeles And some of the things that are going on. So let's get real. All right, Jan. (laughs) One of the things (laughs) that I know, you are taking on a challenge. And you've been very conversant about some of the issues that are happening in L.A. and some of the corruption that you see. Yeah. So what, from your perspective, are some of the major issues that need to be addressed?
2: Well, I think this whole issue of corrupt boils down to some basic elements of uh, having integrity, not Mm -hmm. looking the other way, uh, not pretending that it is right there in front of you because it is. Um, I reflect back to uh, the last redistricting in uh, 2012 when downtown was taken out of South Los Angeles, and the connection between downtown Los Angeles and South L.A. was severed, even though those two communities had been tied together economically since World War II. Wow. Uh, and at the time, we had a redevelopment agency, even though Governor Brown dissolved it. Um, but what, what it enabled uh, someone like me to do in previous uh, electeds in the 9th District or in downtown is to take... Uh, revenue and invested in South LA where there wasn't as much revenue being generated to build mm-hmm. more housing and to build more commercial development. And so once that, that tie was broken, I think mm-hmm. it has substantially hurt the growth of, uh, South LA. And, you know, some politicians look at, uh, redistricting and gerrymandering as a way to dole out favors to your friends and punish your enemies. And that is, Absolutely the wrong perspective or the wrong view to take because redistricting should be about tying together communities of economic interest so that everybody's community mm-hmm. can rise.
1: Mike, everybody needs to win. Everybody needs to win. So Absolutely.
2: Otherwise, we keep repeating these things, these sick mistakes, for the last 30,
1: 40 years. It's terrible. Terrible. That's that, I mean, that's a long track record. So what, what uh, other things do you think need to be? You mentioned, uh, you've talked to me about technology. Uh, are there other things you want to add to that in terms of some of the corruption that you see? Well,
2: you know, I think there's a basic tenet that when you go into public service, you have to understand that you're not there to take for yourself first. You're going to get paid every two weeks whether you do a good job or a bad job. So you might as well do a good job. But you're not there to take for yourself. You're not there to leverage on people or leverage on developers so that you can get money in your pocket either directly or indirectly. And, you know, I'm not saying it's just the politician's fault. i got to say this, too. The people who give money because they believe uh, that, well, they have to or else their projects won't get done, that's a form of enabling um, that's a form of being complicit and that's wrong too but isn't Sometimes, that a form of sure.
1: bribery though <laughs> well I don't know you know I'm not a lawyer so you know I don't want to <laughs> no but I'm just thinking if I, if I come to you and I said okay Jan I'd like to have such and such a thing and my company's willing to give $50,000 uh, for you maybe to vote yes on this project I mean that's all we're asking mm-hmm. is your vote yeah yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's a very bad thing to do. uh, Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was thinking about, you know, sometimes it's like politics brings out, sometimes brings out the worst in people because there are things that are innately within an individual, whether in politics or not. And maybe that opportunity is difficult to resist. Now, let's kind of go back historically, and I know you do. A number Mm -hmm. of African-American politicians fell because they did accept bribes. They did fall prey (laughs) to the money or whatever they felt they were getting. And, you know, I remember Tucker, Walter Tucker. I remember individuals, you do too, that, yeah. you know, fall prey to this. So yeah. would you say, and Jan, this may be, you know, I'm asking you this tough question. There has to be something within an individual that is aligned to God, aligned to the creator, aligned to a higher power within themselves to be able to just do good.
2: And not just to walk away from that, walk away and say, I cannot participate in that. You know, the silly thing, the stupid thing about all that is that, you know, you have a privilege when you get to serve in the city or the county of Los Angeles, you get paid a goodly sum of money, Mm -hmm. you get benefits, you get a pension, and so why you need to do something beyond that is something that...
1: I don't understand. It's called greed. Yeah, yeah, it is called greed. It is called greed. It's called greed, yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I'm saying there has to be something within an individual. And the thing is, how can people articulate that uh, when you're a candidate? I think one of the most difficult things, how can you articulate to people? And I think the only way you can do it is through your track record. Uh, I do know some individuals, so do you who never took a bribe, who oh, yeah. served office for many years, never took a bribe. But I, she told me, this person is a female, told me there were people oh. who did make those overt overtures to her, slipping oh. envelopes under her door, but she refused really? to open or take ta- partners. Yeah, so it's important. So my thing for you is how do you... You personally, let people know, I'm honest, I have a- tra- tra- integrity in type, I have a good track record. Do we say that? Do you say that to people? Sure. And you know okay. the other thing you need to say is that your words need to match
2: your actions mm-hmm. because if they don't, then, well, people need to pay attention, you know, and that a person's word is their bond, and if they can't even keep their own word then, you know, you need to maybe wake up a bit and examine that person a little
1: closer. And I think that's so true. Mm -hmm. One of the issues, Jan, back to some of the things you talked about, uh, you talked about technology and how minority communities are left behind. Can you expand Mm -hmm. on that or expound on that? Well, you know, there's a
2: lot going on, and some of it you can see because it's above the ground, like the development of the Crenshaw line uh, heading towards LAX and connecting mm-hmm. up with the Exposition line. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you know, people would be able to move back and forth all the way from the airport all the way down, downtown through uh, uh, Englewood and then come up Crenshaw. That, that's a good thing because that will enable people to be able to work wherever they want to work, and they won't need a car, and they can save some money, and uh, hopefully there will be a lot new housing built along the line that will be affordable, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for people who are either on fixed incomes or or folks just starting out or people who are working and not, not making a lot of money. But the thing is is that there's not a lot of investment in our respective communities uh by larger organizations um to have startups um accelerator mm-hmm. businesses, things like that, that fill the gaps in technology. And that's where we're being left behind Well, a couple of things. Mm-hmm. You know, in local government, local government can create a platform so that businesses can thrive by making sure that communities have, you know, high-speed Internet access, uh, free Wi-Fi uh, mm-hmm. in public spaces. Uh, And make it more attractive, Uh, put utilities underground, um, those kinds of things, you know, to make a better platform for businesses to establish themselves and grow and thrive so that they could be competitive. It also creates opportunities for businesses to stay in the communities where they've been, maybe a family business, a legacy business, because, you know, we're pushing it back now against gentrification. And that's why it's so important to make sure we build enough housing that is affordable, uh, the market will take care of itself. Market rate housing will take care of itself. The real push is to make sure we create that affordability so that we can help people move into the middle class and even stay in the middle class.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, tell me, Jan, personally, why are you running for this office? What do you think you're going to be? You can do to help some of this these well, challenges.
2: I think. Mm-hmm. And I know because I've done uh, is work on this this issue of homelessness and mental health. Because mm-hmm. I've worked on it for twelve years, uh, I love love uh, the people of Skid Row very much. And there are enormous challenges, which I fully embrace. Oh gosh, enjoy. yes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. built a lot of housing with uh, based uh, in, in, in and around Skid Row and South LA with very good, very knowledgeable non-profit housing developers. I want to go back to work with them and to be able to build some housing that will help people and get them off the street, not leave them behind like they are now, but actually get them off the street uh, so that we can put people's lives on a path of recovery and reclamation.
1: Well, you know, you have a big assignment. (laughs) I mean, because one, I think about homelessness and mental health and housing. These are some tough issues to tackle. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I tell you, what was so profound that to you, Jan, that, that you decided you wanted to get in there, roll up your sleeves and help people and run for this particular position?
2: Well, the, the profound part is what the position provides, and the position pers- provides enormous resources to help people on all of their public health issues, their mental health issues, and to provide social services uh, and couple that with housing. So, you know, this is this almost represents a full circle for me. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I know how to do the development, I know how to do the building, and and, and as a supervisor, I would be able to fund that support system uh-huh. so that it would be a holistic environment that people can recover. And, and, and basically for me, I think my passion is about rebuilding, helping people to rebuild their communities. And oh. that's what's exciting to me. And I think what I've learned the last five and a half years as a former general manager of the economic development department uh-huh. is to how to, how to understand how to move complicated policies issues and problems through a bureaucracy and and actually how to do it better. So I, I have an even higher understanding now than I did before.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things that I, I'm, I'm bringing up a little bit of your past, because I know, and for some of the listeners who might not know, of course we have a lot of listeners uh, that are international as well, that you ran mm-hmm. for the office of mayor. Um, mm-hmm. And of course uh, you, you did not win. But my question is, yeah. Uh, to you and I think I asked this, you in private. What did you learn from that experience, and that you would bring to this? Because we, I think, everything that happens to us is a it's a learning experience. So, what did you learn from that that has, you know, that you bring today?
2: Oh, I learned a lot from it. Um, <laughs> not only did I travel the depths and breadth of the city. Um, I found votes in areas where I never expected people to vote for me. Uh-huh. Um, I deepened my connection with people in communities that I've always cared about. Um, but I think what I learned the most, you know, uh-huh. there's a lesson to be learned when you lose, and that's how you get back up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And if you've never had that experience, you don't know what it feels like. You don't know how empowering it can be, and how much stronger you can become because of it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I was with you during that during that time, mm-hmm. and I know it was it was a big of a you know big loss um, to uh, you, yeah. and you got back up, and and that's yeah, what keeps you going. <laughs> and so yeah. from uh, but from your experiences what would you do differently was there something that you'd do differently in campaigning or reaching out to yeah. people Okay.
2: Well, you know, I, I started, well, this time around, as I'm running for supervisor, I started much sooner. The filing period opened on December 3rd, 2018. I waited for the holidays to be over, and then I filed in January. So okay. I hit the ground running, basically. And I've been, you know, at this time around, you know, I saved my money over the last five years. And I have a part-time job, but I'm not working full-time, so I can devote my energy and my focus mm-hmm. to campaigning. Mm-hmm and campaigning hard and I think I have the luxury of time because I'm really focusing on relationship development and Mm -hmm. and listening to what people have to say instead of rushing around like I had to do before, like a chicken Mm -hmm. with my head cut off. Before, Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. working full-time. I was battling and fighting uh, the opposition on redistricting, and that was a major battle, and then uh, campaigning for mayor. So I had three major things to deal with all at the same time. This time, I've cleared the decks. So... uh, you know, my I noticed the other day I gave a speech, and uh, I'm so much more focused this time around, I, I didn't even need
1: notes. It just sort of rolled off my tongue. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. You know, uh, one of the questions I usually ask guests that, you know, and I need not ask you that, because that was that moment when, I mean, was there a moment when, when you just said, this is it, and I'm done? <laughs> <laughs> no, never. Okay, that's great. Uh, that, that's I never great felt because, that way.
2: All right. Because I think when you make a commitment, because mm-hmm. see, when you run a race, it's not just about you, you're bringing mm-hmm. other people along with you. You're asking people to believe in you, you're asking people to give you money, you're asking people to vote for you. So you can't stand up one day and go, okay, that's it. You can't do that. And if you are of that mind, you shouldn't run for office because that's not fair to the people you have asked to support you. So if you do this, you got to go all the way.
1: Well, Jan, you you have been such a credit to the community, and one of the sure. things uh, you know, I was talking about how you brought all this fifteen billion dollars in investment and all of this. Mm-hmm. Now, um, when I mentioned the ninety thousand jobs was uh, full time mm-hmm. jobs, was did I make a mistake with that when I when I stated that? Did no. You, no, okay. it was between the
2: construction of LA Live and Staples and the JW Marriott oh, Marriott wow. Extended day. because those were a lot of jobs. It was a job, you know, just a boom boom of jobs or a festival of jobs. There were you know pre-development construction jobs uh, at all levels. We, you know, I was very concerned and wanted to make sure that people got hired, you know, from the zip codes in and around these projects. Mm -hmm. So not only did we have project labor agreements so that, you know, uh, the building trades uh, uh, made sure that their people were placed, but we were able to pull in people from the immediate area uh, uh, south, L.A. and Mm -hmm. East L.A. Mm -hmm. and Pico Union to be able to work on these projects and then get permanent jobs.
1: That was was that. Yeah, I wanted to make sure that we sort of got that out there because that is, I mean, that's major, uh, major effort. Mm -hmm. And then also you were able to support the development of all of these units there are like over like 5600 units for the homeless so that is absolutely and disconnected youth i might add so we're going to take a quick break we're going to come back i want to share a few more things and then i'm going to give you opportunity to sort of give a little bit of a pitch speech to those people who might that you want to vote for you in this upcoming election okay so listeners stay tuned we're going to be right back with my guest today miss jan perry
0: we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment if you've always wanted to take the lead in your life but you don't believe you are a leader that it's time to change that mindset leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision and leadership can be learned find out more on leadership stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Well, hello there and welcome back to my show today. A woman on a mission with Jan Perry, who happens to be one of my good friends and I have admired her for years. So it's great to have you on the show again. Jan and you know you're on my television show and I might add listeners if you care to go to transformation success com, you will see Jan in a series where we chat a little bit about Oh, Jan Perry really is. Well, Jan, one of the things that I, I wanted to share with you, and then just have you expound on this. Uh, we talked mm-hmm. about how when you were um, in the office, uh, county uh, uh, supervisors, that you had done all of this incredible work. And we, before we went on break, we talked about supportive housing to shelter the homeless and people that were <laughs> suffering from mental illnesses. You've done a lot, and your heart I know, has always been with the people. And more importantly, I just wanted to make this statement, and you can elaborate if you like, is that you had to be such a superb human being, professionally, emotionally, and spiritually grounded, and that the mayor, when he was elected, selected you to run the Economic and Workforce Development Department. Now, that says a lot. Here he invites his opponent to take a job and run one of the largest workforce development par- departments, I think, in the country, <laughs> I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. It may not be, but I know it was definitely large, which allowed you to continue to provide broad a broad range of programs to help job seekers and to continue some of the work that you had started. So, I think, the mayor has to be commended. I don't know what his motives might have been, but whatever, you benefited, okay?
2: <laughs> oh,
1: okay. And hopefully the people of Los Angeles benefited too. Well, that's the whole point. You did all of this, yeah. you know, broad range of programs and offering assistance. But what I'd like for you to do, because basically I really, really want to support you in this endeavor. Another woman on a mission to become on the County Supervisors 1 and Mm -hmm. District 2. So, if you had to give a pitch to people today, why vote for me? Jan, take it away. Well, you know what? I think this is what
2: I would say. I would say I'm running uh, to keep people from falling through the cracks of our systems, our society. And for me, that relates to the issue of housing for people who are homeless, mentally ill, frail, or have other challenges. And I've met those challenges before as a former councilwoman in building a high number of housing, including housing for grandparents raising their grandchildren. So I I already know how to do it and to try to specialize and tailor it. And then... We have to look ahead. You know, as a county supervisor, I would be administering the public health, mental health funds uh, that we receive from various sources, including the federal government. Uh-huh. The baby boomers are living longer and working longer, and our parents are living longer. But we're faced with what some have described as a tsunami of dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh-huh. And so we have to make sure that we have funding uh, the ability to care for them, funding to take care of people, either keeping them in their homes or creating innovative housing approaches so that people can be cared for. Everyone will be affected by this. I'm going through it now. You mentioned your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll all be touched by this. Yes. And I guess the third point that I, I want to put out there for your consideration is County supervisor. County supervisor can have an impact on climate change too, uh, in the way that we administer water resources, pursue clean air issues, uh, uh, reforest or forestation of our county, and making sure that we have open spaces, green spaces, and use. Building materials lessen the concrete. Get people out of their cars. Create alternative forms of transportation that are clean air, clean, cleaner. Uh, but also tie it to the creation of jobs, job generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I look at my daughter who's twenty eight years old. Her friends they don't buy new cars anymore. They're not interested. They practically live through Uber and Lyft and Mm -hmm, mm ride-on-demand, and that may be the way the future uh, is going to go. Mm -hmm. But we have to change it, and we have to go with that. And so as a supervisor, uh, I would focus on those things, on the issues related to public health and aging and housing and homelessness and climate change, and to make sure that we are doing what we need to do to correct and protect our environment for the young people who are coming up Behind us. And then lastly, I think the issue uh-huh. of integrity is something that needs to be said. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, you know, your words have to match your deeds, and you're there to serve the people. You're not there to serve yourself. You're going to get paid no matter what, so you might as well do a good job. And public service is uh-huh. a privilege, it's not a right,
1: uh-huh. and it's
2: not an entitlement. And it has to be earned every four years, every two years, whatever your your term of office would be. And it gives people a chance to weigh in. And, and, and I guess finally, competition is a good thing because it gives voters a chance to think and to examine. Mm-hmm. And
1: I think that's vote. wonderful. I think it's wonderful. You have brought out points that resonate with every one of us, no matter what mm-hmm. age category we might be or what... Yeah. Spectrum we're on on the economic scale mm-hmm. and uh, I'm going to say this publicly because when I think of leadership I think of four pillars And you represent those four pillars mm-hmm. courage Which also brings about a positive attitude and that you have Jan passion mm-hmm. because you're passionate about the causes and they're passionate about helping people mm-hmm. patience Because you wait You learn, this is my time, but you've learned how to be patient. Strength. I think of strength of character, strength of character and fortitude. Mm -hmm. All of these, these four, courage, passion, patience, and strength, to me, point to great leadership. And most of all, a positive attitude. So the whole goal mm-hmm. is that you have, you know, when I when I talk with people about and they ask me about leadership, <laughs> oh, it is a journey; it is not a destination. Yes, <laughs> it is a journey, and it never ends. It never ends, and I just and you really have to be want- willing to change. Jan, I really can't thank you enough for that spiel, for to address the people, to tell them the issues that you believe in, and you have mm-hmm. a record to prove that. And when I think yeah. of leadership, I think of the four pillars that resonate with me for you. And they are courage which translates to a positive attitude, passion because you're passionate about helping people, and you have the courage to not give up, but because you've never given up. But even after a loss of a mayoral race, you came mm-hmm. back. You're the comeback kid. Right. And you have patience, the patience right. to wait the patience to know you worked tirelessly in sacrificing yourself with the workforce development program, bringing so much to so many people. And you have the strength Mm -hmm. of character and integrity. These four pillars to me represent strong leadership. And I am voting for you, and I just hope that people out there listen because you have authenticity and you have transparency with so much Mm -hmm. going on in today's times and the climate and the environment. It is just good to hear how you are continuing a quest in making a difference in the community. You've done so much uh, in your tenure as a political, and I just want to wish you much success. And for the listeners out there, those of you who are wish to help in hosting a fundraiser, or making a contribution of whatever you can, if it's $25 or $2. I know uh, Obama would have people leave $5. Whatever you can do, mm-hmm. make a contribution. And now the maximum, I know, is 1500 So those of you, <laughs> some of you may have that. But support mm-hmm. her, and I'll give you the where you can support her, Jan Perry, and it's RSVP. R-S-V-P. R S V P R is in Ralph, S is in Sam, V is in Victor, P is in Paul, for the letter four the number four, Jan Perry, J A N P E R R Y at gmail.com. Again. Or they can
2: go to Janperry 2020com dot com, which is my website, and they can just
1: go there. It's oh, janperry twenty twenty dot com. Much easier. JanPerry2020.com. Yes, ma'am. Out oh, there. JanPerry2020.com. Jan, Perry, 2020.com. Jan yeah. I cannot thank you enough for being on the show today because, I mean, any last minute, any last words you want to say? Any last words? Because you have done uh, so much. Mm hmm. Let's just, uh, everybody, stay alert, pay attention.
2: Read the newspaper every day. Read some paper every day and see what's going on at the local level because the presidential campaign is going to overwhelm you very soon. But it's what happens at the local level. That's what really affects you on a daily basis.
1: Someone just wrote me that today. If you really want to make a difference, it's at the local level. Somebody just said that to me. And so mm-hmm. I want you guys really, before I close really quickly, the second district includes nearly all of, on the city, uh, broader south Los Angeles, Watts, mm-hmm. Koreatown, Playa del Rey, parts of the mm-hmm. mid-city, as well as like c- cities like Compton, Carson, Gardena, Inglewood, Hawthorne, and Culver City. Okay. Yep, Someone got, got, it, you got it. Got I the big one. Got it. Woohoo. So right. Miss Jan Perry, I want to wish you much success and the primary has been moved up to March. Am I right? March third, twenty twenty, yes. Woo hoo. Okay, so we're gonna be working hard for Miss Jan Perry. Again, Jan, thank you yes, so ma'am. very much for being on the show today. Uh, and I wish you all the best, my friend, and I'll see you soon. Okay, all of you out there. Transformation for Success is now going to leave you, but not for long. We'll be back next week with another guest, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in today. Be blessed, and I believe I saved the best for the last, and that was Miss Jan Perry for February. We're closing out February. We'll see you next month. Take care. God bless.